Welcome back to the Facts About PAX. I'm Michaela Isler, NAPAX Executive Director, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Adam Belmar. Michaela, we have a terrific show for the Business Trade Association and employee-funded PAC professionals in our audience today. Adam, I know you love these episodes more than any other. I do, and the simple reason why is that I've come to know so many extremely talented and successful people in our industry through episodes just like this one, Michaela. Yeah, it, this is a, a great chance for us to step inside one of the most professional and well-run programs in the Business Trade Association PAC space. And the key word is business. The business of chemistry, ladies and gentlemen, has been represented in Washington, D.C. since 1872. And 150 years later, the American Chemistry Council continues to champion science-based public policy agendas that bring forth innovation, job creation, economic expansion, and enhances public and environmental health and safety. So don't turn that dial. Coming up in just a minute, our conversation with Micah Evans-Heider, Senior Director, Coalitions, and PAC at the American Chemistry Council. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAB activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. Thanks, Adam. And, you know, we are getting excited for the fall as we gear up to the elections, Adam. We have uh, several uh, events coming up after the August recess. We are actually looking forward to a return to an in-person reception with our friends over at Pack Pals on September 14th. We're excited to bring the Pack community together once again uh, at NAPAC's offices on our rooftop overlooking the Capitol, uh, sort of as a celebration of, you know, sort of winding down the summer and, and really kind of gearing up for the election. Joining us now is longtime NABPACer and former NABPAC Board of Director and Senior Director, Coalitions and PACs at the American Chemistry Council, Micah Evans-Heider. Welcome to the Facts About PACs podcast. Thank you. Hello, you guys. I listen to the podcast all the time, so I'm really excited to be a part of it, and I thank you for the invitation. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Well, we want our listeners to know that you have been at the American Chemistry Council for 11 years now, and over that time, you have seen the mountaintops and the valleys. Can you share American PAC's story with everyone? Yeah, ACC, we have about 175 member companies, and um, about 50% of them are part of our small and medium enterprise companies. And then we have probably about 25, 30 member companies that have their own PACs. So we are both raising money for ACC's PAC, American PAC, and then trying to help and encourage our member companies who have their own PACs to grow their PACs. When I started back at ACC in 2011, American PAC was a little over 400,000 at that time. And since my time there, I've almost doubled it. In 2018, we were up to about 858,000 for the cycle. We did see a little bit of a drop in 2020 with the pandemic, that cycle, and then also after the events of January 6th. That is fantastic. I mean, I, I, I sort of lean into it hard at the beginning, but so much of the innovation and the economic engine of our country stems in science and chemistry. And it's such an amazing ecosystem that you have access to some incredibly smart people in your association. That growth and even the pullback that so many in the industry have felt and are working through really can only happen with a lot of programmatic work 
Will you take us inside what the last 11 years of growth, how did you do it? What kind of programs were you able to put in place? Well, like a lot of trade association packs, I have to first get prior approval. So we started out with, you know, working on our prior approval campaign that we do every year and normally do it in the fall, October and November, which I encourage, encourage others to do that too, because you want to be able to hit the ground running on January 1st with fundraising. Don't start your prior approval campaign on January 1st, start it in the fall so you can hit the ground running. So I kind of have like what I would call like three buckets that I can like raise money from. And that first is our board of directors, ACC board of directors, which we normally have about 50 member company executives that sit on ACC's board. So when we have prior approval from those guys, and of course we encourage them to support the pack. Then we have the ACC staff, which we've seen a really big growth in ACC staff participation to American PAC. When I was first started, we were about 32% and then got up to around like 60, even close to 70% in the past. So, and we're actually in the middle of our ACC staff solicitation right now. And then the third kind of bucket is ACC member companies that don't have their own PACs. Because you can understand some of them that do, of course, would rather raise money for their PACs than raise money for American PAC. But we do have companies that, you know, they see their form of political involvement is to support American Impact. So we have member company campaigns, which I can touch on the Chairman's Challenge, that engage those company employees to contribute to American Impact. Micah, one thing that always has impressed me, uh, I know we've known each other a very long time, is you are always so creative and innovative. Maybe talk us through that Hall of Fame and Chairman's Challenge. Yeah. So back in 2018, American Pack had its 25th anniversary. So I started probably nine months before working on what we were going to do to roll out for the 25th anniversary. And um, two of those programs was the Hall of Fame. I mean, we went and looked at like the history of a lot of our contributors and realized we have a lot of generous contributors that have contributed up to $25,000 and even a $50,000 level. So we wanted to recognize them. So part of that 25th anniversary was to recognize those contributors who have given so much to the pack through the years. And then as part of like the fundraising side, the chairman's challenge is to something we started that year. And you could either raise $25,000 for American Pack, get 25 new contributors or get 25% of your eligible class to participate. So we kind of created those three different little levels because some of our companies, you know, they can maybe find five executives that could write a check for $5,000 and hit their goal. Some of them are very small kind of family-run companies. And, you know, we realize it may be just 25 new contributors who are given $25 or $100. So is it like kind of getting some of your smaller donors through those other levels? If you hit all three, you got the triple crown. And as someone from Kentucky who loves horse racing, I encourage them to go for that triple crown. And one of the great things about this program, actually, is that it's very turnkey. We try to make it as easy as possible for them. We have pre-written materials. We can set up even like a 25-minute conference call with them, customize everything with their logos, and then we can either deploy it for them. They can just give us a list, or we work with them to deploy it internally. So we try to be as flexible as possible with all of our companies, what time is best for them in the year. It's been a great success. The involvement, and I would say that even 
the competitiveness, right? The ability to sort of be appreciated, but to know that you can reach a little bit farther and achieve all of these goals with the help of the people around you really helps with buy-in. You've probably seen those relationships grow. Is it self-sustaining? Is it something that people continue to bring up every year and challenge themselves? Yeah, we do have um, many companies that have continued to do it through the years. And then sometimes when the chairman of the ACC board comes on, we'll see that company kind of sign up and contribute that year. But you said something about the competitiveness. And the funny thing is the very first year we did this, we were actually at our June board meeting. And one of the executives realized that if he got like seven more people to contribute, that he would get the triple crown. And so they sent out an email that day to the, you know, more of their eligible. And it's like, we need seven more people. We're going for the triple crown. And that was just kind of like, bragging rights for them at the board meeting because of course we you know recognize uh those who participate in the chairman's challenge at our board meetings i love that micah that is so fun yeah and i love you know we talk a little bit about all of your innovations and as we think about innovating from a technology perspective what have you implemented that were hard but maybe worth it well one of the things you know this was even like a pack board member probably eight or nine years ago was just like we got to start accepting credit cards and i'm like this is something we're working on but it took us probably a year by the time we got through, you know, those internal processes, Michaela, of going through your accounting team and the web team and making sure you have security firewalls in place and stuff like that. So we finally got that up and running and it was great and started receiving credit card contributions online. And then someone was like, let's do recurring credit card contributions. I'm like, I'm on it. So that took a little bit longer too, but those are great because you get people who sign up with their credit card and pretty much stay and contribute either quarterly or annually or even monthly. I love the fact that Michaela posed the question of what was hard but worth it, because I'm thinking about our audience who maybe it's a new pack, maybe it's one that has been successful very traditionally. When we say that it's hard but worth it, I think you gave us an idea of how the back end works, but is there any advice you have for bringing people together within an enterprise to try and solve this? You got to talk to all the different departments, right? Yeah, you do. And I think, you know, I, I've always, this is the fourth trade association I've worked for. So you kind of learn through the years, get to know, be friends with, work with those that are on your accounting team, on your meeting services team, bring people together within the association to work on it. And most of the time in your IT department, that's another one I've worked with a lot to try to get some of these programs implemented. You know, for an association, you have all these experts, right? In the different areas. I'm on the federal affairs team, the state affairs team, communications, and they're experts in their specific areas. But sometimes you got to say, hey, this is what we do with the PAC and, you know, even FEC laws. I mean, not everyone within our association understands that. So when you're trying to, like, build out a website, you've got to work with the IT team and say, we have to have this behind a password protected area because of prior approvals. And this is required by the FEC. You know, Michaela, prior approval is one of the most important parts of being an association executive in this space, as Micah Evans-Heider is. But I want to deep dive on that for a second because you talked a little bit about invoking the board and getting buy-in. What is the method? Are people putting pen to paper? Is traditional communications from the board something that is still a powerful tool for you all? For sure. And um, we actually have three board meetings a year. And at each of those board meetings, there's a letter in front of them that, you know, their name plates are around the table. And first, if they have not given us prior approval, the letter is asking for prior approval. If we have prior approval and we don't have a contribution from them, then there's a letter and a form for them to make a contribution. And I literally will like stand at the door at the end of those meetings 
and someone will hand me those envelopes, give them in the back. And if you haven't done it in the February board meeting, you're going to see the same things at the June board meeting and the same things at the November board meeting. It's consistency, right, Micah? I yeah. mean, you really have to stay on top of it. And one of the great things about being there for 11 years is you've now got the long time process in place. They know they're expecting you at those board meetings to be next to them. What a great success story, truly. And as the voice of the chemical industry, how does that provide great value to your member companies? So part of my like job description and goals every year is to provide consulting services to our member companies with their packs. And after doing this for over 20 years, I've got so many sample materials and letters and PowerPoint presentations, my own little library, like you all have at NAPAC, that I'm always happy to pass along and do anything I can help for our member companies to grow their own packs. I mean, the way we see it is we want ACC's pack to grow. We want our member companies' packs to grow. That makes us stronger as the whole industry. And so I've spoke at their pack board meetings, I've done weekly calls with some of our companies who are just starting the pack. We had some companies that wanted to first give to American Pack through like our chairman's challenge and then kind of like see if there was enough engagement there and then start their own packs. And that's great. I mean, we're fine with that. So one thing that I did a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, is I hosted a pack boot camp, kind of a one-on-one all-day training at ACC for member companies. And that's something we're going to do again this year after the election. Micah, that is... A differentiator. I, I don't hear very often that there are many pack managers that are also out there doing what you're doing and, and really providing them those in-depth resources and training them on pack specific, not just asking them for money, but you're, you're actually putting them through a training program. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, I was surprised there's definitely an appetite for it because a lot of them, you know, maybe they're the DC lobbyist or the pack for them will fall under, you know, other duties as assigned. And so they're kind of like, they don't have a dedicated pack director and um, they just kind of have to raise money on the side for it. So we always like to try to help those guys out. Yeah, that institutional knowledge exists. It exists within the American Chemistry Council. It, it resides in places like NABPAC, and we try and share and keep that kind of stuff top of mind with the Facts About PACs podcast. But when you can bring like-minded people together who are really seeking that knowledge from trusted voices within the industry, I assume people are sort of clanging to get one back on the books. Is this going to be a regular thing for you? I think so, yeah. We're going to do it after the election, and I think it's something that we'll probably continue to do. And then the other thing I do is try to encourage my members to join NAPAC. Micah, you are such a leader in the PAC space. American Chemistry Council is so lucky to have you, but we too are lucky to have you here at NAPAC as one of our very own. Micah Evans-Heider, Senior Director, Coalitions and PAC at the American Chemistry Council. Thank you for being our guest on the Facts About PACs today. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. And thanks to everyone downloading and sharing this podcast. Subscribe and meet us right back here next week.